Hello Saints, Blake back again with Defending Zion, and today I wanted to talk about a specific address that was given in General Conference 40 years ago. Uh, you may be asking, why, why am I feeling the need to discuss a conference address that happened 40 years ago? Well, if you listened to this last General Conference, you heard a lot of discussion about temporal preparedness. And I came across this video, I, I mean, I've listened to this talk before, but recently, within the past couple months, I, as I was going and looking at videos on YouTube, this was a video that continued to be recommended, you know, in my feed that I should watch. So I watched it, I've studied it multiple times, and I've realized that there is a lot of information in this talk that is going to be very important for us right now. It is very important for us right now to understand. Even though it was given 40 years ago, it highlights some principles that are essential for us to know right now. So like I said, this is um, then-elder Ezra Taft Benson, uh, his October 1980 general conference called Prepare for the Days of Tribulation. So he starts out by saying that, unfortunately, there has been fostered in the minds of some an expectation that when we experience hard times, when we have been unwise and extravagant with our resources and have lived beyond our means, we should look either to the church or government to bail us out. Forgotten by some of our members is an underlying principle of the church welfare plan that, quote, no true Latter-day Saint will, while physically able, voluntarily shift from himself the burden of his own support, end quote. So he highlights this expectation of deliverance by the government or the church. And as I think about that expectation, I think about the same expectation that the children of Israel had while they were wandering in the wilderness. You know, they, they didn't have food prepared. They weren't prepared to be taken out of Israel. But the Lord did it anyway. And as they struggled in the wilderness, they started to long for the, what was it, the flesh pots in Egypt, right? The, the meat, the, the fine and rich things that they had. And they were not grateful for um, the things that the Lord was providing for them. Now, a lot of people think that this manna that was rained from heaven that the Lord provided, or the water that was... Um, you know, miraculously came out of the rock, that those things are, are going to happen in the last days. I'm here to tell you that that's probably not true. Um, you know, because we have been warned and forewarned that those miraculous events will not take place. Um, we have had ample time to prepare for our days of tribulation. Children of Israel did not necessarily have it, and it was something that was quick, right? something that they had to do kind of on the fly. But we've been given many, many years. Uh, the, you know, the church welfare plan has been in place since the 1930s. And we've been given this counsel since then, even before then. So to expect that the government or the church is going to just provide everything that we need while we ourselves are physically able is a false belief. And it's something that we, we should get rid of real quick. 
He goes on to say that in saying this, I am aware of and sympathetic to the plight of many young families who are struggling to make ends meet. They are faced with the financial burden of providing for the three great necessities of life, food, clothing, and shelter. I am also sympathetic to the situation of widows and other sisters who rear families alone. By revelation, the Lord made provision for their care and support. And then he provides the scripture reference for that, which is in Doctrine and Covenants 83, verses 1 and 2, and 4 and 6. So, if you're in one of these two groups, you know, President Benson would, would be sympathetic to your situation because, you know, as newly married or as young couples, or as couples that are young with kids, um, all of those are financially stressful times because you're still trying to establish your career, you're still trying to make a living, and you're trying to balance all of this while still, you know, providing everything that you need for children. As well, there's many widows and orphans, um, you know, homes where there's not a father to, to be that provider. And the Lord, you know, has provided a way for the, you know, the storehouse to be the way that these uh, specific groups are taken care of. So the Lord, in another verse and section in the Doctrine and Covenants, says that it's his, his will to... Uh, provide for his saints. And that providing could come through, you know, having access to the storehouse, but it could also come through our own preparation and our own, um, uh, you know, food storage and preservation plans. He goes on to say that we do not know when the crisis involving sickness or unemployment may affect our own circumstances. We do know that the Lord has decreed global calamities for the future and has warned and forewarned us to be prepared. So I think a lot of members maybe have gotten into a, you know, kind of a, a sense of false security thinking, well, okay, well, if, as long as I don't get sick in my own life or don't lose my job or whatever, then we'll be fine. And, and so, you know, maybe food storage isn't really that important because, you know, I, we are pretty good. We're pretty well off, whatever. But remember that even if these personal calamities don't come in our own lives, that there will be global calamities that are shortly coming to pass. Uh, COVID has been a big wake-up call. In fact, Elder Bednar talked about that in his talk, right? About how it caused him and uh, his wife to evaluate their own food storage and whether they were actually prepared. And... Um, you know, as prophet of God, they've they've received the same counsel we have, and um, you know, if a prophet of God thinks that it's necessary, especially at our time right now, to evaluate our temporal preparedness, then it's it's got to be important. There's you know, there's something that is being seen by them that is causing them to um, to take these actions. Elder Benson goes on to say that today I emphasize a most basic principle, home production and storage. Have you ever paused to realize what would happen to your community or nation if transportation were paralyzed, or if we had a war or depression? How would you and your neighbors obtain food? How long 
with the corner grocery store or supermarket sustain the needs of the community? So he's highlighting here some global or even national things that could happen, right? Transportation being paralyzed, war, or an economic, economic depression. The reason COVID's been such a wake-up call is because it exposed the weaknesses that we have in our nation. Um, and I think that that weakness is in other nations in the world with our supply chain. Uh, you, like like me and, and everyone else uh, in America, right? There was the, the shortage of, you know, the hand sanitizer, masks, gloves, uh, toilet paper, right? Um, I know there was multiple times that when I went to the grocery store that there was just whole shelves of items that were not there. A lot of canned goods, um, a lot of, you know, easy prep foods, things like that. So if that's happening now, and the prophets are still warning us, there's something else that is going to be coming. Otherwise, why would they warn us again, right? So think about this and what's been prophesied to happen just in America. Why would transportation be paralyzed? Well, we know that there's a civil war that the prophets have prophesied will happen. Uh, perhaps it will be unsafe because, you know, these uh, groups of people will be fighting against each other. They'll take over certain areas so you won't have access to certain areas that you normally do. Or, you know, what if there is to be a depression? Um, right now the stock market is pretty high and um, some people believe that it's due to burst, that there is a bubble and it's due to burst in the stock market. So what if that causes an economic depression? Uh, you know, we're not only is there scarcity, but things also, um, because of the, the high demand and the low um, supply, that things become more expensive. All of these are things to consider. An almost forgotten means of economic self-reliance is the home production of food. We are too accustomed to going to stores and purchasing what we need. By producing some of our food, we reduce, to a great extent, the impact of inflation on our money. More importantly, we learn how to produce our own food and involve all family members in a beneficial project. No more timely counsel, I feel, has been given by President Kimball than his repeated emphasis to grow our own gardens. Here is one sample of his emphasis over the past seven years. And it's, you know, from 1980. President Kimball said, quote, We encourage you to grow all the food that you feasibly can on your own property. Berry bushes, grapevines, fruit trees. Plant them if your climate is right for their growth. Grow vegetables and eat them from your own yard. End quote. So there's been this repeated emphasis by prophets of growing your own gardens. And um, for those of you that are on the podcast, obviously you're not going to see this, but I've got some pictures here of my own attempt at, you know, following this council. Um, this past year, I received a prompting that I really needed to kind of kick it into high gear when it came to gardening. Uh, we don't live on a very big 
plot of land, less than a third of an acre. So there's not a lot, and most of it has been grass that's been planted. Um, but I put in a lot of time and effort into uh, creating these raised beds where the vegetables can grow, filling them with, you know, the compost and dirt and stuff. And I, this year, you know, I, I saw results. I saw some success, right? Um, you know, there was not a ton, you know, so it's not like this completely um, provided everything that we needed for our family, but it was something to supplement it. And um, to be able to eat it and to actually, you know, really taste the difference between what you grow in your own garden versus a lot of the food that's grown out of country and shipped, picked before it's ripe and shipped and all that, you know, you can really taste the difference. And, uh, you know, the, the actual vitamin and mineral content of it is a lot different too. President Kimball, or excuse me, President uh, Elder Benson at this time, uh, also gave this counsel. Many of you have listened and done as President Kimball counseled in you know planting and growing your own garden, and you have been blessed for it. Others have rationalized that they had no time or space. May I suggest you do what others have done. Get together with others and seek permission to use a vacant lot for a garden, or rent a plot of ground and grow your gardens. Some elders' corms have done this as a corm, and all who have participated have reaped the benefits of a vegetable and fruit harvest and the blessings of cooperation and family involvement. Many families have dug up lawn space for gardens. So I've got a picture here of the site of our house, and before this last year, this was essentially just weeds, just huge weeds that I just kind of let grow, and the there was no real lawn planted there. And beyond just being kind of a pain and having all those weeds, I thought, you know, the space is kind of going to waste. Why don't I, you know, do something about it? So I did. I, you know, used the rototiller, rototilled it, got rid of all the weeds, threw it away, you know, brought in some, some new soil to help things grow. And I was able to use this space uh, to plant crops. And there was also other areas where I physically dug up my lawn so that I could plant some of those raised beds and I, you know prior to this last year I actually did have like three raised beds that we had used but I hadn't been faithful in maintaining them and I just realized how underutilized a lot of you know our, our property was and so put in some work some sweat and was able to obtain a good a good harvest so if any of you are in this situation, you know, depending on your circumstances, don't rationalize it that you don't have time or space because I think we all do. And particularly, I'll give you another option. Um, these planter pots um, are also another great option that can produce a lot, you know, a lot of food in a small amount of space. So if you do live in an apartment, where you don't actually physically have any land with your with your dwelling, these planters are another awesome way to be able to grow things with very little space, and they are also um, they don't cost a lot of money. 
So when is this counsel going to be most important? Elder Branson says, we encourage you to be more self-reliant so that as the Lord has declared, notwithstanding the tribulation which shall descend upon you, the church may stand independent above all other creatures beneath the celestial world. And that uh, quote is from DNC 7814. The Lord wants us to be independent and self-reliant because these will be days of tribulation. He has warned and forewarned us of the eventuality. So if you've watched my video on Joseph Smith, or excuse me, Joseph of Egypt and the gathering of Zion, you'll see how Joseph of Egypt is a type of what is to happen in America or Zion in the last days. And that does include a seven-year period of tribulation. There will be, you know, a famine, whether that be economic or just a famine, um, you know, through, through the climate and the weather. This tribulation, as Elder Benson testifies, will come. It's been prophesied. It will come. And if you look at the scriptures and you put together your own timeline of things, you know that this time is shortly coming. If you also look at the words of the modern prophets, living prophets today, you'll see that, that they're all pointing us towards this time of tribulation. right? They do have great hope for the future, but they say that there are dark days ahead. And so there is a tribulation that, that we have been warned about. Food production is just one part of the repeated emphasis that you store a provision of food which will last for at least a year, wherever it is legally permissible to do so. The church has not told you what foods should be stored. This decision is left up to individual members. So we've been given general guidelines that we're to store provisions of food, water, fuel for at least a year. So a lot of people think that, you know, oh, if I've got three months or whatever, that's good. I mean, that's better than nothing, right? But here, Elder Benson's actually setting the, the, the bottom of, the, of the, the line at at least a year. So a year or more. And, you know, what food you store, how you store them, or how you preserve them, all those things are going to be up to you and your own family situation. Um, if there's particular fruits or vegetables you guys like, or depending on your climate, uh, you know, if you're in a warmer climate, maybe you can grow awesome things like pineapple that I can't grow here in Idaho. So depending on your circumstances and what the spirit prompts and directs you to do, um, that's what you should do. Uh, don't take, you know, don't think that like my mold or what I've done is what you should do, but seek the guidance of the Lord because he'll tell you what you can do. Um, with the resources that you do have available. This uh, next phrase that Elder Benson says is, to me, it was one of the most eye-opening phrases of his whole talk. He says, The revelation to produce and store food may be as essential to our temporal welfare today as boarding the ark was to the people in the days of Noah. The ark in the days of Noah literally saved people from death, right? We know that those that weren't in the ark died because of the flood. And so using that as a type for what is to happen in our day, that's what Elder Benson's saying is this is a type of what's going to happen. 
what are some things that we can do? What is our arc? Well, Elder Benson says our arc is to produce and store food, to be ready temporally so that we can survive the day of tribulation. So throughout the scriptures, there's many, many different stories that, you know, the Lord um, has caused to be written in scripture. And they teach lots of spiritual principles, but sometimes these, you know, a lot of times actually, these things are fulfilled literally in the last days. Um, you know, that, that there's real interpretations of them that will occur in the last days. So by keeping the commandments to prepare and produce and store our own food, we can obtain temporal salvation. Now, this counsel that Elder Benson repeats, which was actually originally given by President Harold B. Lee, is important as, you know, as we are just, you know, trying to find out what the best way is to store or to preserve food and prepare. Um, I think a lot of people think that I need to buy or I need to produce things that I normally eat um, in the quantities I normally eat it. And this is what President Harold B. Lee counseled. Perhaps if we think not in terms of a year's supply of what we ordinarily would use and think more in terms of what it would take to keep us alive in case we didn't have anything else to eat, that last would be very easy to put in storage for a year. Just enough to keep us alive if we didn't have anything else to eat. We wouldn't get fat on it, but we would live. And if you think in terms of that kind of annual storage rather than a whole year's supply of everything that you are accustomed to eat, which in most cases is utterly impossible for the average family. And that's the end of his quote. So a lot of times I think we get overwhelmed because we think, oh my goodness, like this is what we normally eat as a family. This is how much we eat. This is how much it costs to purchase that. And we realize, one, maybe we don't have the space. Two, we don't have the money, right? Well, if we think instead of, do we have enough food to, to keep us alive? To, to maintain our, you know, our basic functions, our basic health, um, to not, you know, grow fat on it necessarily. That should be our standard. And I think as we do that, uh, a one year supply, at least a one year supply of food, becomes much, much more manageable, both in terms of cost and in storage space. So I would encourage you to follow, you know, this counsel that's been given by the prophets. Um, don't be overwhelmed, but realize what, you know, and think about what is it that you need basically to keep you alive. And it's important, you know, to consider as well, like, you know, our bodies need wide ranges of vitamins and minerals, right? We need lots of different things. Um, to keep our bodies functioning correctly. And so, you know, don't just focus on <laughs> buying a whole bunch of mac and cheese, right? But, uh, you know, think about the vitamins and minerals that you and your family, your kids need, right? And plan accordingly. Those families will be fortunate who, in the last days, have an adequate supply of food because of their foresight and ability to produce their own. So we've been given this council. This council, this particular council was given 40 years ago. So we've been given lots of time to be able to prepare. So the time to prepare is now. Do we have the foresight to realize that 
you know, perhaps we're beginning the days of tribulation right now, but we're still in the beginning portion of it. So do we have the foresight to say, okay, what can I do right now? Or if you already do have some stuff set aside and put away, what can I improve upon? And if you aren't producing part of your own food at least, what can you do right now to start producing your own? These are the things that are going to ensure that we have an adequate supply of what we need. Um, when, the, when the days of tribulation hit their peak and when they are, become, you know, almost unbearable. These are the things that are going to save us and our families. So Elder Benson gives a very good summation of what the commandment is. And I'll just repeat his words. Let every head of every household see to it that he has on hand enough food and clothing and where possible fuel also for at least a year ahead. So he, he mentions three areas and I think in the food area you, sh you would also include water, right? Um, but food and water, clothing and where possible fuel. So, you know, the fuel that you're going to need um, perhaps to be able to drive places, right? Or, you know, if you have uh, grills, you know, you, propane, you have a supply of propane that you can, you know, depend upon and rely upon if, let's say, electricity goes out, right? And maybe your home isn't equipped to be able to run uh, gas in any of its uh, elements or features. So maybe you need to find other ways to cook your food or heat up your food. Um, or maybe you do have a generator that will provide energy, but maybe that relies upon uh, fuel, whether that be uh, gas or whether that be propane or what have you. So it's important to realize that we need these um, energy sources as well. Uh, we don't, you know, also in regards to the water part, we don't know, you know, for example, like water treatment plants, we don't know if those will always remain secure places. We don't know if that will be ways that people will try to, um, you know, to cause havoc in society is by poisoning our systems or taking those systems hostage so that they don't function properly and then they cut off our supply of water. So what happens there? Well, you can try to go down to the, if you have a river or something nearby, maybe you can go do that and use purifying, you know, options. Um, but, you know, again, what's the, what's the easiest going to be? The easiest is going to be to have your own supply of water that you're going to need. So um, that's the counsel that we've been given. That's the, the general guidelines that the prophets have given us. And again, at least a year. Elder Benson says, you do not need to go into debt, may I add, to obtain your year's supply. Plan to build up your food supply just as you would a savings account. Save a little for storage each paycheck. Can or bottle fruit and vegetables from your gardens and orchards. Learn how to preserve food through drying and possibly freezing. Make your storage a part of your budget. Store seeds and have sufficient tools on hand to do the job. If you are saving and planning for another car or a TV set, or some item which merely adds to your comfort or pleasure, you may need to change your priorities 
We urge you to do this prayerfully and do it now. So some some other general guidelines. We don't need to go into debt. So don't go and spend gobs of money um, obtaining all this. Start where you're at. What's the most crucial to to build or to start your you know your food storage and start there. Save a little bit each paycheck. Um, once you you know have your garden growing, you'll start getting a harvest from that. And obviously, it's going to be hopefully a lot more than what your family can eat at that moment. So find ways to preserve, um, whether that's canning, freezing, drying, whatever. Um, find a way that works for you to, to preserve some of that food and then put that into storage. And as far as, you know, items that we like to have, whether that's a TV, whether that's Christmas present, you know, lots of Christmas presents, a vacation, things like that. This is going to require us to change our priorities. We, we can't just do business as usual, um, especially if we're not where we should be. Like, you know, this is going to probably be, take some sacrifice in our budgets and in our priorities about what we spend our money on. And by doing that, we can, we can be blessed. And the commandment to begin to prepare is enforced now. You know, he says, do it now because now is the time to prepare. If we are trying to prepare when it's already too late, that's then we failed the test and we won't be prepared and um, you know we won't have the promised blessings that will come. Elder Benson, he goes back and he talks more about this idea of complacency or rationalizing. He says, too often we bask in our comfortable complacency and rationalize that the ravages of war, economic disaster, famine, and earthquake cannot happen here. Those who believe this are either not acquainted with the revelations of the Lord, or they do not believe them. Those who smugly think these calamities will not happen, that they somehow will be set aside because of the righteousness of the saints, are deceived, and will rue the day they harbored such a delusion." These are very forceful words from a prophet of God. If we rationalize or become complacent in our preparation, we will eventually reach the point where we will we will see that we have been uh, under a delusion. We've been deceived. We won't be prepared, and we may have to resort to things to obtain food and what we need um, through means that we would never have considered. So it's better to prepare ahead of time. He also repeats a lot of these same things that have been prophesied to happen in the last days. You know, war, economic disaster, famine, earthquake. All of these things are prophesied to occur in America, in Zion. They're also going to occur throughout the whole earth. So if you think you're immune from any of these um calamities think again um, I think that the earthquakes earlier this year especially in Idaho and Utah were a huge wake-up call for a lot of people because they realized wow these things can happen where I'm at too you know in Idaho there hasn't been a sizable earthquake since like what 1980 1983 so nearly 40 years 
and Utah, it's, you know, it's been a while as well. So these, these are all wake-up calls, people. These are wake-up calls to realize that these things can and will happen in the future and that there is no real geographical security from all these calamities. These calamities will be worldwide. And so prepare. Prepare now. He ends his talk by talking about you know, this commandment to prepare for ourselves. But he also says, let us be in a position so we are able to not only feed ourselves through the home and production storage, but others as well. I think there's going to be a great temptation in the future for those that have prepared to feel um, that it's not necessary for them to share with those that maybe haven't prepared as well or that maybe are in greater need because of their circumstances. Uh, that's not the, the attitude that Zion is founded upon. Uh, we know that the law of consecration is, is going to be asked to be fully lived in the future. And we can't fully live the law of consecration if we don't think about the needs of others as well. So in your, your preparation and storage, first and most important is to make sure that you and your family have enough, right? That you do not have to go out and rely upon others to help you. But also consider once you're, you know, once you are secure yourselves, um, continuing to build that so that you can provide and bless others as well. And I think that's going to be an essential and important thing for us to, to realize if we're to build a Zion society, that we need to look out for one another as well. Uh, that we don't look as the things that we have as merely our own, but those things that the Lord has blessed us with that we should willingly consecrate for whatever the Lord intends. So, brothers and sisters, that is the address by Elder Benson. That is his counsel that he's given. I testify that these things are absolutely essential for us right now. If you're not doing these things, please, please start doing them. Follow the counsel of the prophets that's been repeated for many, many decades. I promise that as you do so, that you'll be blessed temporally and spiritually. Um, that your resources that you have um, will be enough in the times when tribulation comes and when there is great lack. I testify that there's safety and security in obeying the words of the prophets and heeding their counsel that they do truly give real-world advice and counsel that's essential for us, and that they can see these events that are to come to pass. They can exercise their gift of, of seership to see those things and prophesy of what is to come in the future. And I bear testimony of that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.